Hello and welcome to the Headache Doctor podcast. I'm Dr. Taves, joined by Dr. Storzbach. And as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Uh, one of the elements of uh, thriving and just being healthy is we, we encourage our patients and everyone listening to incorporate exercise. And so what we're going to talk about today is exercise and how that relates to headaches and migraines because exercise can be a trigger for a lot of people uh, with migraines. Just um, clinically what we see, I would, I would venture to say probably half of our patients or so either have like a specific exercise they do that will trigger a migraine um, or just like running, um, swimming, biking, these different activities they're either avoiding altogether or having to limit because it can uh, either trigger a migraine or, or make their symptoms worse. So we're going to dive into that. And then we're also going to lay out um, how to, whether it's modify exercise or build sort of a tolerance to exercise because we want to get the benefits of exercise without um, triggering a migraine every time. Uh, so what we're going to do is start with kind of the getting insight into why this would happen. Um, so let's go into that first. Yeah. So like you said, we can even just first talk about specific types of exercise because we have runners, we've got swimmers, cyclers, and, you know, each of those can have their own hurdles to overcome. You know, with running, we have a lot of repeated impact. So it's a lot of up and down. And um, along with the motion of your stride, that repeated impact can sometimes um, not feel great on the neck if the neck isn't either super stable in certain parts or not um, moving well in other parts. So that can be one um, that some people have to work into. You know, cycling to me is a really tough one on the neck because you're yeah. kind of crouched forward and then you have to kind of keep your eyes on the horizon. <laughs> so you have to kind of tilt your head up a little bit, which um, increases the stress on the upper part of the neck, which is a very specific part we want to work on and make sure there's enough space with. Um, so that can be, that's a hard one. Um, swimming is definitely hard because you have to have a lot of rotation, good shoulder mo motion, and a lot of neck rotation to be able to breathe properly. Right. All Most things our patients don't have. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have a swimmer right now that ha initially had a hard time, especially breathing to her right. Um, so we really worked on that upward right rotation and now she's back to swimming but it is something that if you don't have the proper neck movement can be feel very strenuous and can trigger a headache for people and then of course just getting in the gym and wanting to do like you know pull-ups plank sit-ups those can also be very strenuous on the neck without the proper form and strength so um, all of those can basically increase stress on the neck and why they can be triggers for people yeah so to answer the question of what is happening here we're looking at this from an angle of the musculoskeletal system. So our neck is responsible for holding up our head and allowing us to turn our head, look up and down. If we're going into exercise and our neck's already in a position of being stressed out and having to compensate, meaning it's using muscles to do the work of like rotation or just holding our head up, um, it's using muscles that and asking more of muscles uh, than maybe it was intended to do. Um, and so you're going into exercise, and exercise is likely going to increase the demand through the neck uh, with those activities, running, swimming, cycling, uh, even like planks and push-ups, like your head's kind of in a dependent position. And so those, those positions and the activities can increase the amount of stress through your neck. And I would say 
that's a, that's a primary reason uh, for this being a trigger. Um, and then you, you've got kind of specific movements uh, like, for example, overhead press with weights uh, or pull-ups where it's demanding a lot of the shoulders and there's specific muscles in the shoulders that are going to be irritated. So um, if, if the shoulder is not functioning in a way that allows for you to do that movement, um, it's just going to be you trying to compensate and sort of play into the, the problem that's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's reason number one, there's already stress in your neck and exercise, um, in different ways will increase that stress. Yeah. And I think it's good to remember cause some people will get really frustrated cause maybe running or cycling is like one of their favorite things to do. And it is so good for their mental health, but it's hurting their head <laughs> or neck. And so it's so important to remember that it is possible to restore proper movement and create balance in your muscles. So you can go back to your activities. It doesn't mean you have to avoid the thing you love. It does mean though, you probably have to go through some, maybe some physical therapy, maybe some proper, um, sequencing and progression of exercises. So we can get you back to what you love. It does not need to be taken off the table. Yeah, totally. We're starting with the negatives here and then yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll get to the, uh, the positives. Cause yeah, like I said, to start out, we, we want, we want people to exercise cause there's a lot of benefits to it. Um, yeah, exercise is also going to, uh, it's going to be more of like a, sympathetic response. I mean, that sort of fight or flight, uh, just to sort of muster up the energy, incorporate, uh, sort of all of our resources towards muscle activity. And so there's more attention during exercise. There's more attention on the muscles and requiring the max that we can out of them. And so just that sort of shift could be partially what's happening here while you're, while you're getting, um, a migraine during exercise, um, as opposed to like, if we were to, we talk about the vagus nerve and, um, stimulating the parasympathetic response. And so this exercise, um, will have benefit, but in the moment, in the moment, you're, you're sort of allocating your resources towards that sort of fight or flight. Like we need, um, yeah, we, we need to muster up our resources to the musculoskeletal system to do whatever lift or run or, or cycle. Um, and so that hormonal response might be part of it. Uh, any thoughts there? Yeah, no, I definitely think obviously the nervous system should always be talked about. And for sure in the middle of an exercise, um, yeah, you have to increase your heart rate, have to increase your blood pressure, which kicks on your sympathetic fight or flight. We do need that. But um, it's the parasympathetic, especially after the exercise, it can be very beneficial and is one thing that we do work on a lot here with people is getting them into that rest or digest and calming the system down. Um, So if that is a piece of their headache pain that we're addressing that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a tricky thing because the benefit is later, right? If you can get Mm -hmm. your heart rate up um, and... you know, stay in that sympathetic response for a bit and then your body can sort of calibrate, um, and almost relax after, right? Like, um, giving your body this sort of, uh, up and down, uh, when it comes to your intensity level with movements throughout the day, incorporating exercise, um, it, it gives you the benefit of almost like being able to tap into that parasympathetic response better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's hard when you can't get your heart rate up because you get a migraine. So, Um, that's a tricky thing. Um, the other thing that could possibly be happening is we, um, 
with this pounding sensation that people with migraines get, it's, uh, it likely is sort of a hypersensitivity of different blood vessels, uh, in the head that, um, there's longer sort of conversation around that, but we've talked about that before in our podcast, but, um, for this conversation, we're, we're going to assume like sometimes that pounding sensation can be from like a hypersensitivity in those blood vessels. So potentially, uh, if there's, if there's sort of a, an increase, uh, in blood pressure in those vessels, then, and they're sensitized that that could be part of this too. Mm -hmm. Um, so just some, some thoughts there, but by and large, we, we think that the stress increased on the neck is probably the major thing right. uh, that people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, okay. How, how do we exercise despite these things? So you get migraines while you exercise, you value exercise, you understand that it's important. Um, and you've seen the benefits from it because maybe you were an avid runner or a swimmer, um, or maybe you just had a regular exercise routine, but you've moved away from that. So how do you, how do you get back into that? How do you keep the benefits, um, of exercise, but still sort of manage your, your headaches and migraines? Well, right. You need to first kind of just start taking small steps. Um, and one of the first things to improve like the health and stability of your neck is, um, these little deep neck flexors along the front. We talk about these a lot. I consider them like the abs of your head and neck, and they're very important. Just like our abs are very important for st stabilizing our back and stabilizing our arms and legs so we can move well. Um, it's the same with the, these little muscles along the front of our throat, these deep neck flexors. And so learning how to activate those properly without compensating and strengthening those into more of an endurance too. So not just their strength, but their ability because they're more of a postural muscle to hold for long periods. Um, is a really good thing to start working on with the neck. And then of course, incorporating like just general postural stretches, because as we know with our modern society, we're working a lot, we're kind of in these certain patterns, maybe more forward patterns to making sure we're taking the time to counterbalance those and do true postural stretches during the day. And that's just one easy step to start taking towards a more high, higher intensity workout. Yeah. So it's, it's sort of like, let's lay the foundation. Um, because if we, you know, you can, you can, I guess, take the scenario where you go from, you know, couch to marathon or something like that. Like, um, that is something where like, if someone's like visibly out of shape, um, it's easy to say like, well, you're probably not ready to run a marathon. Well, it's a little bit harder to tell if someone's neck is not, where it needs to be heading into, to exercise routine. Um, uh, and you personally listening to this, it's probably going to be hard for you to decipher, um, the, the shape that your neck is in. And that's kind of where we can help out. But in general, if you have headaches or migraines, you can pretty much just assume that these deep neck flexors, sort of the, the core or the stability of your neck has compromised. Um, and so, putting your neck through these exercise programs or through running, doing planks, sit-ups where your head is in a dependent position, um, all these things that are increasing stress to your neck. The way to combat that is to improve 
the stability through those deep neck flexors. Yeah. And then, uh, different stretches that, that, uh, help with posture, uh, shoulder tension, things like that. Yeah. And another easy step you can take is just go for a walk. And I know that sounds simple, but like, if you truly are like, I don't even know where to start. We'll just go for a walk and see if you can, if you can walk for a half an hour without getting a headache, that is actually really wonderful for your eyes, for your mental health, for your joints, all sorts of things. So don't like take walks out of, you know, it is a great place to start. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's, it's low impact. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can get your arm swinging, it's like, you know, it's pro movement. Like you get a lot of movement through your upper back mm-hmm. and your neck benefits from that. Um, and then the, that kind of goes into the next point, which is, um, I, I put on here, avoid pushing yourself. So what that means is because with, with exercise, a lot of times you get the most out of it if you push yourself like past a point that, uh, you, you know, you, you hit failure and then you do a little more, that, that type of thing. So if you find yourself uh, being someone that, that goes into workouts and gives it like everything you have, um, it might be appropriate to take kind of a step back and just do um, go like up to fatigue or up to like you feel your, your muscle or whatever exercise you're doing, you feel yourself starting to like, uh, compensate, lose good form, that type of thing. Like that's when you want to stop. Um, and that might be kind of intuitive thing, but, uh, and maybe even a little bit before that. And so you can test yourself. So oftentimes, um, these things are like understanding if your body's responding uh, well or poorly to exercise is something that you can interpret yourself. Um, I, I don't necessarily think you need a provider to say like, uh, do this or don't do that. I mean, uh, we do that all the time to say, you know, here's, and then we'll talk about that. Here's things to look out for. But for the most part, your body will tell you, mm-hmm. your body will tell you if it doesn't like what you did. And so if it doesn't like something you did, then back off next time and maybe do, you know, less sets or less reps or lighter weight. Um, and so that avoid pushing yourself means just like take baby steps. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Um, so try a a shorter version, a lighter version of the workout and see how that goes. Yeah. I mean, I definitely have both male and female patients right now that can get into the gym and get kind of a certain mindset of like, I'm going to go big. I want to, you know, get the most out of this. And I, I, you know, it's great, but with people with headaches and migraines, it is a fine line. And, um, you know, like the pull-up thing where it can become very like self-competitive where it's like, okay, you know, I can finally do two pull-ups now. I want to do five. And it's like, you just kind of force yourself past it. And there's a lot of ways to compensate there, mostly using improper neck movement. And you can maybe get to that five, but they didn't look so pretty. Um, and you might feel good about yourself, but at the end of the day, you might still have a headache. So I've got a, a patient right now who as a female and she was so excited to finally just get in one pull up. Now she can do two comfortably, but she knows she knows herself well enough that on the third she really does start to compensate. And she's very happy with two right now. And of course there's ways to get there safely, but I'm just very happy that she's aware enough to go, yeah, you know, I finally got to two. That's actually a big breakthrough. I'm gonna be comfortable with that right now. And yeah, that was a good thing. Yeah, yeah. Two two pull ups is good. I think yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> um all right, so that that does segue into the next point, which is more dynamic movements can be more of a challenge for the neck, um, because when I say dynamic movements, so 
on one end of the spectrum, we have like, you go to the gym and you bicep curls. Like you're pretty much just going to work the bicep, maybe a few other muscle groups. But if you go to a machine and it, it's sort of like, you know, the padding, the seats, the handles are all set up to isolate a specific muscle. So that's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is like, um, you go to a CrossFit gym and, and they're, you know, trying to incorporate, uh, every part of the body, like core legs, you know, with, with all these movements. So let's say a burpee, like a burpee, you're trying to hit like pretty much every muscle group during that movement. And so those more dynamic, that would be more dynamic. So the more dynamic you get, um, the likely, the more likely you are to sort of add tension or stress to your neck. Um, I think that's safe to say, would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but the thing is those dynamic movements are oftentimes like more functional and they get your heart rate up. So there's a lot of benefit to them. Like I personally like, um, uh, I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to really enjoy CrossFit and these very dynamic movements, like get my heart rate up and I feel like I'm working a bunch of muscle groups. I like those a lot. Mm -hmm. So nothing, nothing bad about those. But when it comes to headaches, if we put it, the context of headaches and migraines what, and what's going to trigger them, those will be more challenging. Mm -hmm. And so if you're like, Hey, I, I just need to do something then maybe go to the gym and try more isolated movements. Mm -hmm. Um, and specifically the back, because typically we ne neglect the back, um, and, and just try, you know, start with the machines and just work mainly on strengthening and see how that goes. Um, and yeah, I would say if you're doing a home exercise routine, typically those are pretty dynamic too. Yeah. Um, like a workout video. Yeah. I was just gonna say like YouTube has got some great stuff on there, but they can definitely ramp up some stuff and they're not being able to look at you. So you could be going at a hundred percent when you need to slow down or break, break the movement up. So if you're like, I really want to be able to do burpees. Awesome. Well, let's first maybe just work on a really good squat <laughs> right. and just isolate that. And then maybe work on just a small push up and maybe a push up on your knees or an elevated push up to start and get that really well done. And then we can do a little jump squat and we can add things in, but doing it all at once, especially if you haven't worked your way up can be tough. Yeah. Yeah. So baby steps. Um, and if you're, if you're like someone who is an athlete and you're work and you're used to like doing these intense exercises, um, it might be challenging to take a few steps back. Um, but it's, it's better to do something than nothing at all. And so if you're avoiding, uh, exercise, uh, altogether, then, um, yeah, try, try this sort of baby step approach. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also want to think about cardio along with strength training. So cardio, can be a tricky one. We, we see that a lot. Like we talked about with swimming and biking with your, your like, you know, leaning forward with your head cocked back and, uh, and jogging, you have this like up and down motion and, uh, that, that up and down motion with each step can uh, add stress to the neck. So, um, I was just thinking, you know, if, if you try, like if you, again, baby steps, so you go to the gym, maybe try an elliptical, like there's probably not going to be much up and down with that. Like it's, you can think about the posture, still get movement through your upper back. Like the elliptical might be, um, a good compromise or maybe like the recumbent bike or upright bike. Um, and so you're not leaning forward as much. You can be upright, but still get a good pump through your legs. Mm -hmm. Um, because we want to think of the position of your, of your head and your neck. Yeah. 
I totally agree. And then, um, you know, starting with lightweights and like a shorter distance, right. And working your way up. Um, and so you don't need to grab that 50 pound dumbbell. You really just need to grab maybe even just the five pounders and see if you can work a little more in tone and endurance and, and, um, yeah, proper form. And then you can start challenging yourself a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. And these, I would say this, this last tip, um, could be, could be one of the more helpful things because oftentimes we, we go throughout our day and we'll just like jump into an exercise routine, whatever that looks like. And so we have all this tension that's built up from like, you know, poor, poor posture or, you know, our, our necks in a funny position or we slept wrong or whatever. And then we try to jump into an exercise routine and, and it can be challenging. So just take setting aside like 10 minutes to take yourself through like some things that are going to be beneficial for your neck and your shoulders, improving posture, just getting your body in a good, healthy state before you jump into an exercise routine. Um, I think that that alone could be pivotal for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I always say, yeah, you got to build in warm up time with proper uh, warm up and stretches and cool down time. Like those two things are super important. And I know, I mean, I get it. Cause I will just like walk into the climbing gym and be like, I'm just going to go. And I've been really more conscientious lately of, uh, before I even get my shoes on, I'm doing arm, you know, arm swings, leg swings, circles, stretches, deep breathing, stretching my hand, like hamstrings and hip flexors a bit, like really, really prepping my body for what it's about to happen. And then at the end, even though I'm tired and a little sweaty and want to go home, I make sure I take that little bit of time to actually stretch before I go cool down in a car where I'm like all crunched up, <laughs> you know, forward. And I do think those, those little things, and it can be five to 10 minutes on both front and back end make all the difference. Yeah. On the back end. Yeah. As well. I'm glad you said that because, um, if you, if there was tension or stress that was built up through the neck, uh, then you do things to counteract that. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you can prevent that from increasing as your day goes on and potentially triggering a headache or migraine later. Um, so, yeah, just just a little recap. Um, likely, headaches and migraines are going to be triggered by exercise because of the increased stress on the neck. Um, you want to progress slowly, take baby steps, um, incorporate the deep neck flexors of your neck, the stability of your neck, uh, avoid pushing yourself too much. Um, more dynamic movements can maybe be more challenging for your neck. So start uh, with isolated movements and then incorporating both cardio and strength training, but just building up, building those up slowly. Um, and then having a pre and post like five to 10 minute routine. And with that routine, um, we, uh, that's something that we can help with. If you're like, well, what does that look like? Um, that's what we do with a lot of our virtual evaluations. And what we're doing is actually building out, uh, more of like an exercise specific, like if you have this problem, um, then we'll have sort of a, a virtual, um, visit that you can, that we can work with you specifically on exercise and, and, uh, tips to help you get back to that. Um, okay. So should you just avoid exercise? Uh, you probably already know the answer to that, but no, absolutely not. Um, some of the benefits here, we'll, we'll run through these relatively quickly, but um, first off, it allows movement. We, movement's good. We want to keep moving. Um, likely, a lot of us got in this situation because we weren't moving enough, so getting back to things that allow us to move, are, it's always going to be a good thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I'm, I caveat to this, there might be some people listening going, I actually exercise and my head feels better. And we have that side of the coin too. So if you're out there, you're, you're also not alone. Yeah. I absolutely have a subsect of patients that are like, actually, when I start to feel the tension build, I go work out and they probably work out very conscientiously and, it, and they feel better. So there's always that side. Right. Right. That should have been something we said up front. Cause you're right. Um, there are people that, that don't have this issue. Um, yeah, exercise is also very beneficial, um, like mental health, allowing your body um, to properly properly utilize like the, the calories that you intake so that it's used for energy rather than like fat stores, um, which then produces, uh, if you have more energy throughout the day, you're less likely to, you know, just go and sit on the couch or whatever, do, do the things that are not overall as healthy for you, which then again will, will benefit your neck. Um, and then we know from there's, there's studies that show exercise, regular exercise has the same impact as, as some migraine medications. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go, uh, reduce your, your need for medication. If you can find yourself in a regular exercise routine. Um, okay. So there we go. That's, uh, yeah, that's our way of helping you get back to exercise and the importance of exercise. Um, as always, if you have any uh, feedback for us, if you have topics you want us to go over, things that you want us to talk about, uh, please reach out to us. Uh, if you don't already, please follow us on our Instagram pages, um, our, our TikTok. Um, we, we push videos out there. We're actually, I mean, we're very transparent as you can tell, like we try to share a lot of stuff with you guys. Um, some of these exercises we go over in video format, but then know that in person, if you're like, ah, like I've tried these videos, uh, but if that's all they offer, then that's not for me. No, in person, hands-on, that's what we're all about. And so reach out to us and we can figure out how to get you out here. Um, and then if, especially if you're in Colorado Springs and you haven't reached out to us, uh, do that today and, uh, and then we can get you on the schedule. Um, as always, it's our mission to educate and empower everyone with headaches and migraines to break free from a life of fear and dependence and thrive in everything you do. Thanks for listening.